everyone. Welcome to the Rotor Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Wednesday. It is December 4th. It's 2019. We have 10 basketball games to talk about here on today's slate. I'm joined for the second day in a row. Back-to-back days. Um, you and Grant switching days. Coming in as a reliever here. Kyle, how are you doing, my friend? Yeah, Grant, pulling me out of the bullpen. It's uh, good to be back two days in a row. Hopefully some of the takes that we said last night were worked out pretty well. Uh, I feel like the slate, we, we did nail some things, but the, the slate kind of turned to crap as the day went on with all the news going. So um, hopefully some of, this, some, some of the stuff that we said stuck, but uh, yeah, ready to get on to the next one. All I want to say is I was extremely right about the Magic-Washington game, and yeah. I'm really mad at myself for stacking that game a million different ways and not having any Isaiah Thomas. So, um, you know, obviously that game became super chalky when we got news that Thomas Bryant was gonna, wasn't going to play, but... You know, it was just one of those things where we kind of had a feeling that it was going to be a game and, you know, the Magic, you know, really tight rotation. They they played six guys over 28 minutes and nobody else over 20 minutes. And it was kind of interesting because Terrence Ross lost some minutes. But, you know, for the most part, um, it'd be interesting to see what they do on a back-to-back here on today's slate. So we got 10 games to get to. we got a lot to talk about. So if you guys haven't already, make sure you head on over to our sponsor site, Fantasy draft.com awesome sponsors of the podcast like i keep saying the membership six dollars for the entire month if you play up to a thousand dollars so low stakes players mid stake players playing up to a thousand dollars if you think about it really you know only have to play a hundred dollars to really pay off that you know six dollar membership so make sure you're checking them out over there on fantasydraft.com like i said they have a two hundred thousand dollar hooters main event contest for this weekend and another $15,000 pick and roll for this contest for today. So make sure you're giving them a shout over there on Fantasy Draft. Like I said, awesome sponsors of the podcast. Let's get started here. We got Phoenix at Orlando, 215 total. Phoenix is favored by one and a half in this game. Aiton and Baines are both out. On the Orlando side, they're on a back-to-back, so we don't have their injury report night before like we usually do, but I would say Vooch is probably doubtful. Um, and outside of that, it's really tough, you know, like Aaron Gordon's coming back from injury. So maybe he's questionable here. Um, but yeah, we're just going to have to see. Aminu is not expected to play there. So he's going to be out for a while. Let's start with Phoenix though. Um, and oh, and I, I guess I should have said Ricky Rubio is questionable as well. So uh, what are we looking at here on Phoenix? Yeah, this one's going to, you know, end up shaking out how the injury news shakes out. Uh, you know, with Aiton, you know, being suspended and Baines being out, you know, the big man minutes open up, you know, for Frank and Saric. Um, you know, Diallo's back for this one, or he's probable, so you, you expect him to be back. Um, a couple games ago with, you know, all these guys out, kind of a similar situation. We saw Diallo get uh, 35 minutes, and then in the following game he got 23 minutes. I looked into those a little bit. That was due to, you know, Frank uh, getting in foul trouble. He picked up two you know, in the first quarter, then picked up two more right before the half. So Diallo ended up getting 35 minutes. Um, so I wouldn't expect that too much. I think Diallo could be a nice GPP play if you want to, you know, kind of bank on some foul trouble from either Frank or Sarge. I think if that happens, he does, you know, have some pretty solid minutes upside. But other than that, I think Frank and Sarge are really good plays here once again. Um, not a great matchup by any means, but, you know, when you're going to count on these guys to see, you know, the minutes that they're going to see, and they are pretty good permanent producers. I think it's uh, a pretty good spot overall, you know, against the matchup. If uh, Rubio sits, Booker and Ubre become two of my favorite plays. 
um, kind of hoping that the matchup will scare some people off. But without Ubre or sorry, without Rubio, Booker and Ubre have been just phenomenal. You know, Booker's at a 31% usage rate, 1.24 fantasy points per minute with uh, Rubio and Aiton off the floor. Ubre kind of the same story with the uptick, 25.8% usage and a 1.05 uh, per minute. So, you know, with those two guys out, I would really like Booker and Ubre, especially if they're going to be contrarian because of the tough matchup. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't hate that. You know, Booker, like you said, usage, he's definitely in play here. Um, we have a lot of studs on this slate. So it'd be interesting to see what type of ownership Booker gets here. Um, don't mind Ubre. I just wish Ubre was a little bit cheaper. Um, I know he can hit value at 6,500. I'm not saying he can't, but I just wish he was a little bit cheaper in this spot. Um, you know, it is a pace downgrade for Phoenix as well. Orlando does not play at a fast pace. And, and then, like, the big guys, like, Kaminsky's fine. I feel like he's priced right where he kind of should be. Um, and, and, you know, outside of that, like, I just – I don't love Phoenix in this game. And unless we get some news on Orlando, like, I don't necessarily love this spot for Orlando either. Um, you know, when we're looking at Orlando, we we loved them yesterday. It was – it was a great spot. It was a pace up spot. It was against the worst team in defensive efficiency. You know, we talked about them a lot, like, you know, Fultz and Aaron Gordon and, and Isaac and, you know, not every one of these guys hit, but you know, like Fultz had a really good game. Gordon had a really good game. Fournier had a really good game. So my thing here with Orlando is it is a back-to-back. They've had some guys coming off an of injury. Are they going to play everybody? Like, are, is Aaron Gordon going to play? after they've been limiting in his minutes a little bit, you know, are they going to limit his minutes here on the second half of a back-to-back? So if we get some news here on, like, Aaron Gordon, like, I think Birch and Isaac would be very interesting. Isaac's going to play a bunch of minutes no matter what. But Birch could be the guy that is, you know, a really solid value here. Terrence Ross didn't play a ton. Michael Carter-Williams came back. And D.J. Augustine had a really good game. Um... So, DJ Augustine shot seven for nine, drove the basketball a lot, and had some free throws, easy baskets. So, I think that's what cut into Terrence Ross. But I don't mind going back to the well on Ross. And if we get news on some of these guys sitting, um, Birch, Fournier, all these guys are very much in play. Yeah, I don't hate it as much. Um, you know, I think it's obviously not the matchup that it was last night for the uh, for the Magic here, but the Suns, they're not amazing defensively, and they're 10th in pace right now. So I do think it is a solid matchup here. Um, and some of these guys are getting pretty significant minutes. So I guess the main ones I'd be looking at are Fultz and Isaac um, and Gordon if he does play. But I am a little bit worried about him sitting on you know the second half of his back-to-back as well. He only played 31 minutes last night, so he might be good to go. Um, but that is something to at least monitor. I think, I, you know, I, I kind of like this game from a GPP perspective. It's pretty sneaky in my opinion. Um, like it's like we said, it's not really the same kind of game that it was last night against Washington, but I think that'll leave people, you know, kind of pushing this one aside. And, you know, I, I have a lot of interest in the Phoenix side, so bringing it back makes a lot of sense. Isaac 6'8 on DraftKings is, you know, pretty affordable there. Fultz 5'7 and Aaron Gordon 5'9. Those two are pretty interesting. And then if we see Aaron Gordon sit, things just open up more for a guy like Ken Birch or maybe even Mo Bamba. You know, Mo Bamba could be someone really interesting if Gordon does sit here with Aminu and Vooch still sidelined. He could, we could finally see him, you know, get 24, 25 minutes here. We all know that he's a really good permanent guy. So that's something to monitor for sure. All right. Um, yeah, just got to watch the news on Orlando. Like, that, that's the biggest thing. Like, you know, it, it could open up a lot here. 
Golden State at Charlotte, 209 total here. Charlotte's favored by three in this game. D'Angelo Russell is questionable. And outside of like the guys that have been out, um, you know, Curry and those guys, everybody else, nobody else on the injury report. So expecting Draymond and those guys to play here. Um, so it'd be interesting to see if Russell plays. And then on the Charlotte side of things, um, Nicholas Batum is expected to play. Uh, so I don't think anything out of that. And Michael Carter-Williams um, is questionable, but expected to play as well. So uh, let's start here with Golden State. You know, obviously Draymond coming back. Draymond has been a guy that really hasn't been playing over 25 minutes since he's come back from injury. He, you know, I, I was at the Magic game the other night, um, Golden State in Orlando. And when he wasn't on the floor, he had a giant ice thing on his Achilles. So I honestly think he's hurt. And I just – I can't trust the minutes. I can't trust the price increase here. I, I'm probably just going to stay away from Draymond. Even though we love big guys against Charlotte, like Looney's back. Like, this just seems like a spot that screams trap. Yeah, I'm with you there. It's definitely something to monitor. I know he's not on the injury report, but we've kind of seen this happen before where, you know, the night before he's not on the injury report and then the morning, you know, it's it's a questionable thing. So something to – another situation to monitor – uh, I think there have been a few guys that are, you know, their minutes are going to be locked in no matter what, no matter who plays. It's Pascal, it's Burks, um, and it's Glenn Robinson the third. Those are the three guys that no matter what, they're getting the minutes. And, you know, these are the guys I'm have interest in here, especially Alec Burks. Um, I like Burks more when uh, Draymond Green does start because that means Kai Bowman is seeing less minutes alongside Burks, and therefore Burks has more opportunities to handle the ball. Um, but regardless, I like Burks and Pascal a pretty good amount. I don't think the price increase off Pascal. I think he was 6'2 last time out, and now he's 6'5 on DraftKings. That increase isn't enough to get me off of him here in this matchup. So, you know, I think those are the three guys that I like. And if Draymond does play, you know, we, we get that there's not going to be any limitations or anything like that. I'll have some interest in him as well. Yeah, I really like Pascal here. Like, we love yeah. big guys, and I think Pascal is a guy that could really stretch the floor here. And if we get news that D'Angelo Russell plays without limitation, like, he obviously becomes really interesting right. too. But yep. – you know, anytime you see thumb sprain and you see a dude on a with a with a brace on his hand on Sunday, you know how much can you really trust the fact that like he's a hundred percent? So, um, I yeah, I, I struggle with that, but I, I like the Burks call. Um, I do like when Draymond plays, and you know Burks and Bowman are not playing as much together as well. And then, like you said, Glenn Robinson, he's just going to play the minutes. He's going to play minutes each and every night. He's not the greatest shooter in the world, but, you know, anything happens when you're playing 35 minutes a night. So, um, and, you know, it's not like Charlotte is a good defensive team. They're yeah. second in defensive efficiency, worst in defensive efficiency, and Golden State's third. So, like, two really, really bad defensive teams here. Uh, but the pace, you know, pace in this game, you know, not going to be extremely fast either. These, you know, Charlotte plays at a pretty slow place. Golden State playing at a slower pace this season too. So, um, going to the Charlotte side of things, like, I have really just been all over Devontae Graham all season. Like, I know this is not the best price tag in the world, but I think he's going to be less than 3% owned on this slate. Yeah, I mean, that's obviously very enticing. We saw last game, Devontae Graham really struggled. I think he had, like, two or three fantasy points after the first quarter, and he still got to 39.5 DraftKings points, so... It's just a guy who's pretty much doing it all for the team. I think he's pretty clearly the best player on the team, and, and 
honestly probably the focal point of this offense, especially since moving into the starting lineup. And he's another guy that's just playing a ton of minutes. Obviously a great matchup. And I think you're right, you know, with the price tag being 7-7, looking at the guys around him at the guard position on DraftKings, nobody's really going to go there. So I like the call a lot, and it makes a lot of sense to bring it back with him because, you know, if you're going to be playing these Golden State guys, obviously you're, you're wanting this game to stay close so they can, you know, maximize their minutes. And I think Graham makes the most sense out of all these Charlotte guys. Um, outside of that, like, slight interest in Biombo just because, you know, he has been – Getting the minutes and, you know, even last game, Zeller came back. Biombo still started. Um, you know, Biombo closed the game, played 26 minutes. Zeller only played 18 and a half minutes. Like, I still think Biombo is interesting here. He's going to likely play more minutes. The only issue that I have is this game going a little bit small. But I think Biombo is okay. I don't think he's like this lock and load play. But at 4,800, I think, like, He's a guy that I'm considering um, when I'm putting my player pool together here the night before. Yeah, I think, you know, both situations for the centers here for both teams are pretty confusing because, for you know, for the Charlotte side, you got Biombo, Zeller, and Washington. And Washington's a guy who he, you can see him play 15 minutes in a game, and then you can see him play 37. Like, we've seen it very consistently no matter who's on the floor for these guys. So I guess he's a pretty solid GPP play. He's kind of a one of the guys that gets the minutes when he's got the hot hand. More of, a, more of an outside guy to stretch the floor. Um, so that's someone I never really hate. It's just so hard to predict his minutes. And then for the Golden State side, these centers, I don't even know what to do. I don't know if you have a, a, a strong pull on them, but Spellman got 28 minutes last game, and that was he was the guy that I kind of assumed to be fourth in, in the pecking order. So I don't really have any kind of read on the center situation for, for either team, really. It's kind of more just a, you play one and hope, and hope that they max out their minutes. Yeah, the only thing, like, if you look back to the last game was, you know, back-to-back, they got absolutely blown out by Atlanta last game. Like, yeah. that game was never close. So, it's just tough to trust anything. Like, the thing that you could take away is Pascal still played 36 minutes and a, a massive blowout. So, yep. uh, I think Kerr just he, – he wants Pascal to grow and, like, he's a guy that he's going to use next year for sure. So, you know, I, I just – I don't trust Willie Cauley-Stein. I don't trust Spellman. I think Looney is going to see a pretty strict minutes limit for right now. If I had to play one of them, it would probably be, you know, Willie Cauley-Stein. He played 24 minutes against Orlando and Miami, you know, and played 19 in the massive blowout the other night. So I think Willie Cauley-Stein is the guy that's most likely to get 25 minutes and could crush in this matchup against Charlotte because it's Charlotte and they stink. So Yeah, I agree. Um, we got Milwaukee at Detroit, 220 total here. Milwaukee's favored by six and a half. Sterling Brown is questionable. It is a back-to-back for Detroit. Uh, we don't have an injury report here, but I will say that, you know, Reggie Jackson is probably not going to play. Um, Brooke Lopez expected back for Milwaukee. What are we looking at here on the Bucks? Uh, yeah, so it's, it's Giannis again here. Um, you know, this is a game that you, you would kind of hope that the Pistons would be able to keep it closer than teams like Cleveland, Atlanta, Charlotte, and New York have, who are the last four teams that the uh, the Bucks have played. So you, you would kind of hope that Detroit would be a better team than those four mentioned, and that way Giannis could get the extra minutes. Um, but other than that, Middleton is someone that I, I have some interest in if he's back in the starting lineup. He only played 18 minutes last game because they didn't – I don't even think they played in the fourth quarter, let alone much of the third quarter in that game where they beat the Knicks by almost 50. Um, he got back in the starting lineup last game, though, so if he does that, at, uh, at, I think, 6-1 on DraftKings. He's someone interesting over there. 
Brooke Lopez, I think he's probable. Yeah, probable. So you kind of take away the the Robin Lopez value. But, you know, Brooke Lopez at 5'6", I don't mind that either. But I think there'll be other spots to go to at the center position. So it's pretty much just Giannis and Middleton if he ends up starting again. Yeah, I think Middleton's going to start again. Like, he, he started the game. He started the second half. They, they limited everybody. Like, nobody yeah. – like, Kyle Korver and, you know, Giannis's brother, you know <laughs> – like played the whole fourth quarter, like, yeah. you know, DJ Wilson played almost the whole fourth quarter. Like they, the Knicks game was never close. Um, you know, that was a game that the average lead was 26.6 according to game flow. So like that game was never close. So um, I don't mind Giannis here. I feel like if you're going to play Giannis, you're probably going to run it back with like Drummond. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if we see Blake sit here for what it's worth too like it's a back-to-back he you know missed a lot of time here at the start of the season um i don't think they've had a back-to-back yet with blake griffin so it will be interesting to see how they approach this here uh, they have had a back-to-back and he sat so um we'll see if blake plays here it was the 22nd and 23rd he actually sat the first time these two teams played um after playing against atlanta so See if Blake plays here on the back-to-back, um, but I like I like Drummond a lot if Blake doesn't play, um, and I think he could have a monster game, but outside of that, it's tough. You know, I think, like, Derrick Rose might be limited on the back-to-back, but who really benefits from that? Maybe Bruce Brown, I guess, but, like, you know, Bruce Brown, you really going to play him in this spot? Like, it, it just – it gets tough, like – to really like like anything here for Detroit outside of like Andre Drummond and maybe Luke Kennard, but Luke Kennard with these, with either, you know, Middleton or Giannis on him, it just doesn't scream, you know, good matchup. So it's tough to really trust anything here from Detroit. Yeah, definitely. Um, I will say Griffin only played 24 minutes in, in last night's game against Cleveland. So it's kind of a toss up here. You know, he did sit the second half last game or last time they had a back to back, but uh, only playing 24 minutes here. Wouldn't be surprised to see him play in this one. And if he does, I have some interest in him here. Um, 6-6 on DraftKings. I have interest in Drummond, too, whether Griffin plays or not. You know, getting Brooke Lopez defense is always encouraging. Um, but, you know, this Milwaukee team, they play at such a fast pace. So, you know, should be an increased opportunity for Drummond, you know, to get touches here. And I guess another guy would be kind of a deep GPP play would be Luke Kennard. He's playing a pretty healthy amount of minutes. I know we didn't see it in the last game against Cleveland um, because they ended up getting blown out, but um, but actually doing the blow. But, yeah, th- these Bucks they allow a lot of threes, a lot of attempts, and a lot of three-point makes. Kennard, that's pretty much all he does, really, uh, just chucks threes. And at 6-1 on, on DraftKings, don't mind it. Obviously not you know an amazing play. I would prefer Middleton at the same price. But in a D play, that's pretty much all I can get to here in the Detroit side. Yeah, so, you know, another thing that you got to look at here, if Blake sits, Markeith Morris left Tuesday's game. I think he ended up coming back. So, like, if that all falls in, may may we finally get to see Christian Wood play, you know, some minutes. So, uh, just kind of pay attention to that. You know, if both of those guys out, Christian Wood would be a guy that I'd be, I'd be rolling out there quite a bit. Yeah. So. Um, moving on, we got Miami at Boston, 213 total here. Boston is favored by five and a half. It's a back-to-back for Miami, so we don't have an injury report there. Um, I will say that 
Goran Dragic was already ruled out for Wednesday as well, so he's not going to play. And then on the Boston side, Marcus Smart is doubtful. Um, so we'll have to see. Again, like I hate slates where we have a ton of back-to-backs, and that's how this slate is because there's a ton of them. So uh, what do you like here for Miami? Yeah, this one is a little bit of sorting out with uh, Dragic. So last night we saw – it was it was an overtime game, but we saw none Winslow and Robinson really pick up the bulk of the minutes here. Hero only played 18 minutes, which was pretty surprising. Um, but none has been pretty productive with Dragic off the floor, 26% usage and a little bit over a one uh, fantasy point per minute. But Winslow's the guy that I have the interest in here. Even though his numbers don't look as good as none, I think he'll get the minutes uptick, uh, a more significant minutes uptick uh, over none. Over 115 minutes, he's at a 20% usage and a 0.85 fantasy point per minute. So, you know, the numbers aren't as good as none, and the price isn't as good. But, you know, I do think the ownership will be uh, a little bit higher on Kendrick Nunn because people like to levitate to Nunn, as we've seen, you know, over the couple of weeks with uh, Dragic out. And Winslow should see a significant uptick. He played 39 minutes in last night's game. Um, I guess he could actually be a candidate to sit as well, now that I think about it, considering he has been out, you know, the past week or two up until these past few games. So maybe that's something to monitor too. But if he does go, I think he could see, you know, upwards of 32 minutes here. Um, you know, yeah, it's obviously going to be pretty interesting to see how it plays out with Miami. You know, you're just going to have to adjust the news here. Like, yeah. I think the guy that I like the most the night before here for Miami is Bam. Uh, I think Bam is interesting, but, you know, he played 37 minutes um as well so like you know you're you're obviously a little worried about that as well so um you know it'd be interesting to see how this plays out with Miami um you know outside of that though you know let's talk Boston here Marcus Martin not expected to play it's not the best matchup in the world but I feel like Jalen Brown could potentially be like a really low in tournament play here at 7k that has like 40 plus point upside yeah, Jalen Brown, Kemba, and Tatum are all, I think, going to be pretty sneaky. I don't see anyone getting to them too much. Um, but, yeah, other than that, there's not much to like here. It's kind of kind of like a similar game that we talked about last night. There's a few of them where it's kind of a defensive matchup here. Both these teams are pretty solid defensively, um, and neither of them really p- play at too fast of a pace. So, I guess Jalen Brown and, and uh, Kemba would be my favorites, and then Tatum. But other than that, there's not really too much to like for me on this Boston side unless, you know, we get some kind of – news that opens up some more minutes for these guys um yeah nothing else right like what it's just i guess like if butler and some of these guys sit maybe boston becomes more interesting but really like the guy that i really like here is jalen brown like i think that this is a really good spot for him and just nothing else like i don't want to play like wanamaker or any of these guys like i guess wanamaker is not the worst play at 4100 but I don't I don't feel like he's the best play either. <laughs> yeah, it's just hard to cuz you know what you can probably project him for maybe 19 20 minutes. Um maybe a few more considering we saw Smart play 20 last game. So I guess he would be the only one to really monitor based on minutes projections and whatnot. Um but yeah, other than that, like I don't really see any pricing that jumps out as someone being super underpriced, especially if all of these guys end up playing um, outside of Smart of course. So um yeah, I, I there's really nothing for me. I don't think there's any mispricings and obviously no injury right now that really makes someone, you know, jump off the board. All right. Uh, moving on here, we have Brooklyn at Atlanta. No total in this one. Um, 
Kyrie is doubt, is out. And on the Atlanta side, Crab is doubtful. Hunter is – or Crab is out. Hunter is doubtful. And um, Herter is questionable. Um, let's start here with Brooklyn. Obviously, with Kyrie off, you know, it's always a matter of do we – you know, do we play Dinwiddie or not? Um, and this is probably my one of my favorite games on the slate. Um, I, I think that there's not a ton of defense here, um, and I, I feel like there's it's going to be a, a solid pace game with both of these teams in the top twelve. And you know, we look at it bottom bottom half for both these teams in defense. Like this game just screams like it screams like. 225 total i know we don't have a total yet but close game 225 total little defense good pace plenty of value like what's standing out to you for brooklyn yeah you kind of nailed it you know talking about the game environment uh the number one thing that stands out to me is dinwiddie's price at 8-2 i don't really think i wouldn't be surprised to see people get off him especially when we see guys like devin booker donovan mitchell those guys are all priced near him um i could be wrong i I just don't think people get to him at that particular price. I know it's a really good spot for him. Um, so I guess I'll see, I, I would guess 15, 20% would be kind of his uh, baseline ownership for me. I don't think he gets any more than that. In that case, I really like it. You know, his rates are amazing with Levert and Irving off the floor. So Dinwiddie's a guy that I have a lot of interest in here. Um, this is a really good matchup for guys like Torian Prince who kind of make their money off of steals and blocks and whatnot, similar to Jared Allen, except Torian Prince is going to play, you know, the full complement of minutes. He's going to see – 30-plus minutes, night in and night out. So Prince is a guy I like a pretty good amount. Um, those are the two main ones from the uh, from the Brooklyn side for me. Yeah, I just – who's going to start a center? Is it going to be DeAndre? Is it going to be Allen? Like, yeah. it just it, – it's always a question mark. But I really love Dinwiddie. I love the Prince call. Um, the revenge factor, too. Like, hey, yeah. he's going back to Atlanta. But it has <laughs> nothing to do with revenge. It's just – it's a good spot for him. Yep. So – like the Prince call, I don't hate like a Joe Harris play either, but he's more of like a cash play. But he has at least 30 fantasy points in five of the last six games. So he's done really well with Kyrie off the floor. He's shooting a lot of threes. So probably more of a DraftKings play, but it seems like right now he has a pretty solid floor. So I don't hate that. And then on the Atlanta side, you know, Trey Young ended up playing 34 minutes against Golden State. I don't know what Atlanta was thinking. Like, Hunter got hurt late in that game, too. And, like, they had a bunch of their, like, stud guys out there. When you had a lot of Trey Young like me, you didn't hate it. But, like, this is a team that was up almost 20 points the entire fourth quarter. And, like, Ben Bray, who just came back from injury, played 10 minutes in the fourth quarter. DeAndre Hunter, before he got hurt, played seven minutes. Like, Trey Young ended up playing, I think – eight minutes in the, in the fourth quarter up by 20 Trey Young is playing you know eight minutes in the fourth quarter and like you know I guess for fantasy purposes you know that the floor is pretty high but it's hard not to like Trey Young here it's hard not to like Ben Bray if if Hunter end up is ends up sitting and Herter is out again the other guy that I think you have to look at here is Jabari Parker Jabari Parker is 6400 he's been a guy that we've you know, kind of jumped off of here because he's been really expensive, but I, I think he's worth potentially looking at. But like Trey Young's the main piece here for Atlanta. I love, I love the idea of paying up for both of these high expensive guards in this game. Yeah, I think that's a common thing for Trey Young. You know, they really just play him the full set of minutes, even after his injury. I don't know if you remember it, but he had that scary. I think it was an ankle or knee injury. 
Um, ended up being okay. You know, I think he missed a couple games. But in the Detroit game a few weeks ago, they, I remember I had a lot of Trey Young, and they were down by 20 pretty much all of the second half. And they actually ended up bringing him back out there with like six minutes left in the fourth. So it is something to, to note because it, you know, contributes to his floor in fantasy. And obviously we know he has a, a massive ceiling. So in a great spot, I love Trey Young here. It's really hard not to like him, especially, you know, Hunter being out might not seem like a ton, but he is a guy who does shoot the ball, you know, here and there a pretty significant amount. So um, I like Trey Young pretty much every night and even more tonight. But you nailed it with Jabari Parker. He's one of my favorite plays on DraftKings. Only 6-4. That price is just way too low. Um, I think he's just in a really good spot. And then Bembry as well. You nailed it. Um, but also Cam Reddish. He could see a pretty significant amount of minutes. Getting Hunter out of that lineup and uh, even Crab as well. Reddish should start. And as long as Herder remains out, Reddish could be in line for maybe 30 minutes. He played 24 in that game against Golden State with Hunter playing the entire game. So, you know, if, if Cam Reddish gets 30-plus minutes, and a game against Brooklyn at 3,400 on DraftKings, uh, I, I have a lot of interest in Cam Reddish. Yeah, just make sure Herter sits again. Like, yeah. he's a guy that, like, if he comes back because, like, he was practicing on Tuesday, if he comes back, like, just throws another body into the wrench. Even if he plays 15 minutes, like, that could take away from Cam Reddish. So just yeah. got to pay attention to that. Pay attention to Hunter and um, Herter there. Crab's already out, so – uh, up next, we got the Pacers and the Thunder, 212 total here. We got a pick 'em game on our hands. Um, you know, Samson, Jakar Samson is still doubtful, but that's really it here. We don't have a lot of injury news in this one. What are we looking at here from the Pacers? Yep. I mean, every night I love Sabonis. Um, another decent spot for him. I know, you know, Thunder, pretty good defensive team. They play at a really slow pace, but, you know, Sabonis is essentially one of the guys who match doesn't really affect him too much. It's just all about his own production. And really, it's about how much he gets shots up. I expect this one to be one where it's a pretty good game script for him. Um, you know, Sabonis and Brogdon are, are pretty good. But as far as the other, other plays here for the Indiana, Indianapolis side, I don't really like it too much. Uh, Turner's pretty underpriced. Um, so that I guess he'd be the third option here for Indiana. But, yeah, I don't really love T.J. Warren. He's just so inconsistent. So that's pretty much it for me. It's mainly Sabonis and Brogdon with a little bit of Turner. Yeah, honestly, like, it's just – it's bad. Like, this yeah. game, you know, slow-paced game, two very, pretty good defensive teams. Like, I don't hate Sabonis or Brogdon. I don't hate SGA. I, I don't even maybe hate potentially playing, like, a Jeremy Lamb here. But, like, this is a game that I'm probably not going to have a ton of exposure to from either side. Uh, it's one of my least favorite games on this slate. Like, there's just nothing – nothing standing out to me – just overall here outside of the fact that like Sabonis is, you know, turned into like a poor man's Jokic or yeah. in my terms, a better Jokic. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> um, like, it's just one of those things. Like he's a guy that can go out, get rebounds. He's going to get some points. He's going to get some assists. Like Sabonis has triple double upside and, you know, Brogdon can have big games. Brogdon's another guy that has triple double upside. It's just, this just doesn't seem like the matchup. Like, this game just screams stay away for me. Yeah, I think one thing to keep in mind of is Sabonis has fouled out of his last two games, so we haven't really seen the upside recently. Um, but he's just another guy that no one really plays at, you know, especially at this kind of price where people are kind of used to, especially from last year, getting him at a cheaper price. So he's just pretty much overlooked on most slates. And we kind of touched on it. The matchup's not amazing, but... You know, Sabonis is a guy that I'll play in almost any matchup. 
Um, just one thing you can't really do is play him and Turner together too often. So that's the only thing I would really say about Sabonis. Uh, is there anybody on the Thunder side that you like here? Um, Schroeder's been the guy that I've been playing from Oklahoma City. I've been pretty strong on, you know, liking Schroeder over uh, SGA. I think they're pretty similar in all their rates. The only difference is SGA gets more minutes. But now with the price being, it's a $700 difference on DraftKings. So there's no real point for me to go to Schroeder here at that price range. So SGA would be the guy. Uh, for me, he's just a guy that can score um, pretty much at any given time, and he's the guy that they put the ball in his hands. So he'd be the only guy on this side for me. All right, moving on. We got Memphis at Chicago. No total in this game because Memphis's whole team is questionable. Even show up. Um, Kyle Anderson's questionable. Clark is out. Morant is out. Valanciunas is questionable. Chicago Auto Porter is questionable. Not ruled out night before. So. I'm going to have to watch that one because obviously that makes a, it makes a huge difference. So um, I might've read it wrong. Hold on. Now I'm like questioning myself. I feel like I read that he was out and maybe I wrote it down. He is out. Okay. I wrote it down wrong. So I didn't think he was coming back anytime soon. So um, Memphis, like when you look at Memphis here, obviously like it really depends on if Alan Tunis plays, right? Like if Alan Tunis sits, we go, Right back to the well on these guys. Um, I think, like, no matter what, you know, you're potentially looking at Tyus Jones, but Triple J. I, I like Memphis a lot here. It, it really just depends on, like, who's playing, who's not playing. Um, you know, Triple J has a ton of upside in this spot. You know, we know Chicago is one of the worst rebounding teams in the NBA. So, Triple J, if he could stay out of trouble, foul trouble, like, he should crush here if Valanciunas is out. But, like, Outside of that, like, you know, Melton played 25 minutes after playing 23 minutes. He's still 4,600. Like, there's a little upside there. You know, obviously he, he has something to prove at this point. Um, Caboclo, right? I think that's how Cabo – Cabo – Yeah, Caboclo. <laughs> like, after playing the 29 minutes, he only played 14 minutes. He looked terrible. Um, I played a lot of him, so I know that he would look terrible. So – it's just – it's getting the right pieces right here if Memphis guys – if 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 Valanciunas sits again. Um, but I think, you you know, you can trust the minutes for Jay Crowder. I think you can trust the minutes for Tyus Jones. I think you can trust the minutes for a guy um, like Triple J if he stays out of foul trouble. But, you know, Dylan Brooks is another guy we talked about the other night. Um, what are your thoughts here on Memphis as a whole? Yeah, so I, I think there are, you know, a lot of really good plays here. And there's even, you know, a couple secondary plays that you can consider if injury happens or if you want to assume Triple J is going to get in foul trouble. Uh, for me, Brooks, Tyus Jones, Jay Crowder are the three um, that are going to play minutes no matter what. J, uh, Triple J is up there as well, but he fouls so much it's really hard to put him in that category. Obviously, this is a really good matchup for big men. You know, uh, Chicago allowing the third most blocks, uh, the most rebounds on the entire slate. So, a uh, really good spot for big men. So Triple J stays in foul trouble or stays out of foul trouble. And Valentunas is out. He's one of the better players in the slate at 6'8". Um, but, you know, if Anderson sits, I think that actually has a, a pretty significant uh, ripple on this team because that could lead for a guy like, you know, Duck when I say his name, but Solomon Hill to play 30-plus minutes. We saw it last night or last game where he played 33 due to Clark and Anderson being out. So if, if Anderson does sit again, I don't really see any way – uh, Hill doesn't get to 30 minutes here. I know he's not a great player by any means, but, you know, a guy who's out there for 30-plus minutes is going to fall into fantasy points. Uh, D'Anthony Mellon's another guy who should see 25, 24 minutes here. 
Um, pretty good matchup. The price did go up a pretty good amount, up 1200 from last game due to him having a pretty big one. But, yeah, I think they're pretty a handful at least good plays here. Um, Caboclo, I'm interested to see ownership projections on him because this is a guy who is a really good uh, permanent producer here. And, you know, everybody was on him. He was, the, he was a huge chalk play a couple nights ago when he busted completely. But if Triple J gets in foul trouble, which is pretty common, um, he, he's going to be in there for 30 minutes plus. And, you know, foul trouble is not something I like to predict or try to predict. But with a guy like Triple J here who fouls, who gets in foul trouble pretty regularly. And, you know, this, this Bulls team, they have Wendell Carter, Chandler Hutchinson, who's out. But uh, Zach Levine, Laurie Markkinen, and Thomas Sedaransky are all in the top 75% in, you know, drawing fouls at their position. So these Bulls, they draw a lot of fouls. So Triple J could be in trouble here. Um, so Caboclo could be a, a sneaky play here if nobody wants to go back to him due to him burning so many people last time out. Yeah, I, I like it. Like I, like I said, I played a ton of him the other night. So, like – Hey, he could he could pay me back. That's fine with me. Bring yeah. it on. Um, as far as Chicago goes, like I know I, I say this every time, but like really for me, like Zach Levine, like it's Zach Levine every night. He's the only guy that I typically play from the Bulls. Wendell Carter Jr. can have good games. Uh, I'm not saying that he can't. It, I just I hate the idea of playing him and paying off his price tag. Like Mark Inkin could have good games. It's just his minutes are so inconsistent and they're so up and down that, like, I hate trusting that. Like, um, if you're playing on Yahoo, Chris Dunn was, like, oh, I almost min salary the other day. I don't know if he still is. I haven't I haven't looked at any of those sites. But, like, if Chris Dunn is minimum salary, like, I'll play him on Yahoo if he's min salary. He's going to play 25-plus minutes. Yeah, I mean, even at his price on DraftKings right now, I have a pretty good amount of vision. As long as he's starting again, you got to pay attention to the starters here because they have 19 different point guards that they could roll out there any given moment with, you know, Archdiakono, White, um, Sadoransky, and Dunn. So, um, and even Shaq Harrison too. So it, it could be a mess there. But as long as Dunn's starting again, I would probably project him for, you know, 28 to 30 minutes. And in that case, I think he's a pretty strong play at, uh, I think he's 40, yeah, 4,500 on DraftKings. But, Markkinen is probably my favorite one from this team. I know you kind of touched on it. He has some inconsistency with minutes. I think mostly due to his injury. I know he's had that nagging injury here uh, for the most part of the season. But, you know, he is a pretty good permanent producer when he does play. And we saw him get 30 and 32 minutes over the last two games. This is obviously a really good matchup. This is like a Washington light matchup where Memphis played a super fast pace and they're really bad at defense. So, Marketing and Levine, great plays. And Dunn, if he's starting again, great plays. It's really hard for me to play Wendell Carter Jr., considering you can get Marketing for 900 less. So, you know, if I'm playing a, a Chicago center, I think I'll just smash Marketing. Yeah, like Dunn, for what it's worth, like Dunn is still minimum salary on Yahoo. So, like, yeah. if he's in the starting lineup again, like, no way I'm not taking advantage of that over there. Um, it's just. It's just the price, it, you know, minimum salary he puts up 20, like 2X over on Yahoo is really solid. So um, I don't really have anybody else here. Like there's not, there's not really like a guy that is like the second unit, like high usage guy. Kobe White could be that guy if he ever shoots the ball well, but <laughs> like it, it's just, you know, Thaddeus Young, Gafford, valentine like these guys just don't really stand out to me like 
if they stick to this tight rotation and market in and Wendell Carter Jr. are going to play a bunch of minutes, they're, they're a super interesting team. Um, you know, especially like you said, in this matchup against Memphis, pace up, bad defense. Uh, Minnesota at Dallas, 232 total here. Dallas is favored by three. Um, Lehman is still out on Minnesota. It is a back-to-back for Dallas, so we're playing the guessing game on what we're going to be looking at here. But uh, let's start with Minnesota. And, um, you know, let's let's just start with Carl Anthony Towns. You know, when we're looking at centers on this slate, obviously he's a guy that can go for 60-plus in any matchup. I think this is a spot you're, you're definitely looking at, um, Kat. Yeah, I like Kat a lot here, especially if you want to get to Luka, which – Every slate, you definitely have to have some interest in Luca here. Um, but Cat at 10-6, I think that price tag's fine. Um, it's, it's an okay matchup. I don't think it's anything, you know, to, you know, go running to the to the lineups, to the lobby and, you know, be smashing t- Carlton Towns in every lineup. But, you know, I do think it's fine. And we know that Cat can just destroy any matchup no matter how tough it is. So, yeah, I like Cat a lot here. Um, outside of that, I don't really like a whole lot. You know, Minnesota does have a pretty deep um, rotation. Layman out, that kind of opens up some things in, in the small small forward range. But we've seen Bates Diop get up there and play some minutes too, taking away some of the some of the minutes from guys like Kogi and uh, Culver. So I guess Culver would be a guy I do have some interest in. Um, at 4-9 on DraftKings, you can play Bates Diop if you trust those minutes. Um, he's played them pretty consistently, 25-plus in the last four games. Um, I, I think I prefer to trust the Culver minutes than the uh, Bates Diop minutes. So... I guess those would be the only guys that I really have interest in. Jeff Teague is just a guy – I just don't really think he has too much of a ceiling with the kind of lineups that they roll out here with, you know, Wiggins is, you know, controlling the ball so much or it's Cat controlling the ball so much. So Teague really is limited uh, ceiling-wise. So it's pretty much Towns and then maybe Culver or Bates D up. It's pretty much Towns for me. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much what I'm looking at here. Like, I love Luca. I'm really mad at myself that I got suckered into Porzingis. I let people talk me on to Porzingis. I, I didn't like him. I didn't want to play him. I know he struggled and had foul trouble and all that, yada, 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 all that jazz. It's just, man, I never really liked Porzingis, and I got suckered into it. But I don't think he was a bad play. I don't think he's a bad play in this spot, you know, especially after he let a lot of people down. But – it's just hard at this point not to play Luca. Like the dude is just absolutely balling out. He only played 28 minutes against New Orleans and still put up 65 fantasy points. He had 18 rebounds. 18 rebounds. Like it's just the guy is just insane right now. Like, um, yeah, it's just I have a hard time not playing Luca each and every night. Yeah, I mean, about the Porzingis thing, you know, you look at him. He got, he got off to a pretty quick start. You know, if you told me that Porzingis was going to have five blocks, I would have been pretty, you know, happy with that. But only getting 18 minutes, shooting 18% from the field, uh, he really just struggled and, you know, in foul trouble. So ended up struggling. I don't mind going back to it here. This Minnesota team it usually makes for pretty good matchups uh, for DFS purposes. But, yeah, Luka is just an absolute monster. I don't really remember seeing anything quite like this where a point guard – really controls so much usage and so much so much of the team rates other than you know Russell Westbrook a couple of years ago but you know 1.88 fantasy point per minute 57% assist rate and a 30% rebound rate like those are just monster numbers and it's kind of something where I kind of related to McCaffrey in the NFL you know where people kind of are waiting for it to stop happening but when the rates are there like they are at such a heavy amount right now I don't really think it's going to regress and you know, the way he performs, he's an efficient player too. So it's just hard to 
hard to look away from that, and he's always a great play. Uh, is there anything else here that you want to mention before we move on? Uh, no, that's pretty much it for me. All right, we got the Lakers at Utah, two ten total here. Utah favored by two and a half. Lakers on a back to back. Utah. Mike Conley's not going to play in this one. Um, you know, the Lakers played the first half of the back back in Denver. LeBron and Anthony Davis pulled, played 37 minutes on the front end. Um, is there anything here without people getting ruled out that you have interest in on the Lakers? Yeah, this is – so I'm someone who really never plays LeBron, but I think this is going to be a game where I'm extremely heavy on LeBron here. Um, I just don't see a way that they match up against him, especially considering Gobert is going to have his hands full with, you know, either McGee and, or Howard or and Davis. So – yeah, LeBron's guy I have a ton of interest in. I, I'm assuming he's going to see a lot of Royce O'Neal defense, a lot of Bogdanovich defense. So I think it's going to be a really tough spot for the Jazz to be able to stop LeBron here. I like this game as a whole. I think this is a game that's going to go overlooked because uh, in general, Lakers games usually do because they're so good defensively. They play at a pretty slow play, so slow pace, and Utah's kind of similar. So I think this game's going to go pretty overlooked, and I like this game a lot. Um, I love LeBron today, and I'm, that's come from a guy who really never plays LeBron. I always lean AD. I think he has so much upside as a fantasy uh, player, but it's it's a LeBron night for me tonight. I like it. Um, I like it even more if they said AD. <laughs> That'd yeah. be fantastic. So yeah, you know this could be a spot like maybe Kuzma sits. Like you yeah. know, so you know he was dealing with a little bit of an ankle injury before the Denver game, even so. You know, the fact that, like, he was even banged up before that. So, you're just going to have to watch the news on this one as well. Um, yeah, I, I like the LeBron call. I love when you get, like, we 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 talked about it yesterday, and they both were low-owned, and neither one of them hit value. But, yeah. like, you know, anytime you get those guys low-owned. Um, and then on the Utah side, like, Donovan Mitchell is going to have to play a ton of minutes in this game with Mike Conley out. Like, it's just one of those things where, like, I don't hate the idea of that, but, like, this could be a spot, too, that you could sneakily play like a Joe Ingles because he does play some backup point. And, like, they might use rotations where, like, when Donovan Mitchell and these guys are off the floor, um, like, we see a guy like Joe Ingles, you know, play some point guard. Uh, maybe even if it's just with the second unit. But – you know, Mike Conley got hurt in that game the other night, and Ingles played a lot of fourth-quarter minutes, and, you know, he had the ball in his hand a bunch. So, I think Joe Ingles at 4,900 is really sneaky as a tournament player. Yeah, I, I think, you know, we saw it last year, too, when uh, when Rubio was out. Ingles was playing, you know, the backup point guard minutes, and, you know, Mitchell was starting at point guard. So, I think that's what's going to happen again here. It might be, you know, a little bit less point guard minutes because, you know, the Jazz this year, they do have Exum, who's healthy, and they have Moutier. So Ingles might get a little bit less uh, point guard minutes, but he's still going to be out there a ton. So I, I like the Ingles call. Um, but yeah, Donovan Mitchell makes for one of my favorite plays on the entire slate at 7,100 on DraftKings, especially if nobody wants to play him in the tough matchup. Uh, 1.16 fantasy point per minute and a 32% usage without Conley uh, and in a somewhat small sample size this year. But, um, you know, I do think that's really interesting, especially if he does go, you know, overlooked. 7,100 for Donovan Mitchell with no Mike Conley is just too good to pass up. Um, and then, yeah, outside of that, I don't really have a ton of interest. You know, Rudy Gobert can crush in any matchup. We saw that last time out against Philly. Uh, big game there. I don't hate him here, but I honestly I don't love it. Um, it's not my favorite play. Like, I I have the idea where I, I think I'm going to be paying up for Cat a lot on the slate. So, 
it's just it's just Rudy is fine. He's not great. Yeah. Um, one guy that I do have some interest in, I know the price isn't great, but Bogdanovich, his numbers go up a pretty good amount with no Conley. Um, so he's someone, I guess it'd be Mitchell, Bogdanovich, and the Ingles for me. Um, but Mitchell's just too good to pass up. But about the Anthony Davis thing, how many nights in a row have we seen probable, you know, Anthony Davis with the shoulder injury? And now it was the illness tonight, too. Like, I'm just waiting for it to happen. And, and tonight, or yeah, the game against the Jazz here tonight gives me just these, I just have a feeling that it's going to happen with the, the Anthony Davis scratch. So I've, I definitely think that we should watch out for that one. All right, uh, last game on the slate. We have Sacramento at Portland, 218.5 total here. Portland favored by three. Bagley and Fox are still out. Bogdanovich is questionable. Portland's on a back-to-back. Um, that game is actually still going right now as we're recording, and they're kind of getting blown out where the starters might not even come back. Um, so even if they don't come back, you know, we're still looking at, you know, Lillard played 28 minutes, McCollum played 27, Melo played 27, Whiteside's at 24. So, you know, it's still a true back-to-back, even though they're at home here. Um what do we like here for the Kings? Um, yeah, for the Kings, it's going to depend on if Bogdanovich plays. I, I think he will play. You know, he's been probable, and and he was actually absent from the, the uh, injury report the other day. So I assume he'll play. Um, but it's it's a pretty good spot for these guys. So uh, Bogdanovich price, even though he has continued to struggle, his price is going down. So I think it's a good time to buy low on Bogdanovich here. 5,700 on both DraftKings and FanDuel. Um, yeah, I mean, it's really hard to sell him because he's been so bad recently. But at that price, I just think it's a really good spot to, to like I said, buy low. And then obviously, Buddy Heald, you can go and play him any night with all, with all these guys. I was just playing a ton of minutes. He's played 35-plus minutes in pretty much every game over the past week or so. So Buddy Heald and Bogdanovich for me primarily. Uh, the Rashawn Holmes price, I think, has just come up a little bit too much. And um, he's a really you know boom-bust play. So I'm just going to stick to uh, Bogdanovich and Heald. Yeah, and even like Bielitsa, like his prices come up to the point yeah. where it's tough to play him too. So, like I, I like the Buddy Heald call. Um, Bogdanovich is fine if he plays. If he sits, man, it, it's hard not to have a little interest in Bielitsa. But right, you know, if Bielitsa anytime he plays like thirty minutes, he's a guy that can go for thirty plus. It's just he's sixty one hundred. So like you're gonna need more than thirty plus in this matchup. I'm not saying that it can't. It's just. He's kind of priced where you're right where he kind of should be. Um, as far as Portland goes, like, Lillard's always in play. I, I I don't love jump shooters on a back-to-back, so I don't love C.J. McCollum here. Whiteside, I think, is okay. He's not great. Like, it's just one of those things where, like, probably not going to end up playing a lot of Portland if any of these guys today. Yeah, I think, um, I think the price on Damian Lillard is really interesting. 8100 Um it's not a great matchup. This Sacramento Kings team, you know, I'm assuming it's, you know, because Darren Fox has been out, but they're playing at the second fast or second slowest pace in the entire league. So they're playing really slow without Darren Fox. When This is a team that I assumed would play really fast because a guy like Darren Fox just pushes the pace so much. But with him off the floor, they're a really slow team, 29th in pace. So it is a tough matchup, but Damian Lillard, 8,100, I do have interest in. Uh, that's pretty much all I like. I'm not really having any interest in Whiteside here at 7,600. So it's pretty much just Lillard, and I kind of have a ton of interest in Lillard. Yeah, I get it. It's just, I don't know. Like, I, I never hate playing Lillard, you know, especially on games where they don't play well and he comes back and he has good games. So I, I don't hate yeah. it. Um, all right, let's play the morning grind game, and then we're going to get out of here. Um, let's get started here. If I can find the list. Ha! <laughs> 
Uh, favorite play under 5K to 7X? Um, under 5 – so if it's 5K, does that count? Can I do that? No, nope, got to be under no. 5. Okay, then I'm going to go – as long as Anderson sits. No, Bren Bray for you. Yeah. As long as Anderson sits, I'm going to go with the uh, Solomon Hill. Don't love it, but he could play, you know, 30 to 35 minutes if Kyle Anderson sits again here. So I'm going to go with Solomon Hill and kind of not watch that game. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with Melton. I, I think, like, he's a guy that if he gets 25 minutes again against Chicago, could get 7X here. Um, hate the fact that his price has gone up, but I love the fact that his price has gone up. Like, yeah. You know, like, this is a guy that, you know, spent some time in the G League earlier this year, but, like, he has something to prove. I love guys that have something to prove. Um, over 8K to go under 5X. Who's your bust on this slate? Uh, I'm going to go with Anthony Davis. I think it's a really tough matchup. He's going to probably be dealing with uh, Rudy Gobert for the majority of this one. So, and I think it's a it's a LeBron night. So, I'm going to go Anthony Davis. All right. Um, like that call. Man, it's tough up here today. Yeah, a lot of good ones. Like, a lot of good plays up here. It really has nothing to do with anything besides the fact that I don't think a lot of these guys are going to bust. Um, give me Sabonis. I, I still like Sabonis today, but just if I'm looking at game environment, it's one of the worst out of these guys over 8K. So I still like Sabonis. It, it's just I got to pick somebody, right? Uh, give me your favorite 6X play on the slate. Who do you got? Uh, I'm going to go with Donovan Mitchell. Only 7-1 on DraftKings. Um, I think that's just too cheap. I know the matchup is tough, so maybe that will, uh, you know, get some people off of the play, but I really like him a lot tonight. So uh, Donovan Mitchell's my pick. I like it. Um like where you're going with that one. Like, honestly, like, I feel like there's a bunch of 6X guys today. I'm just trying to kind of go off the board a little bit. Um, I guess, like, if I really had to pick somebody, like, right now, assuming that all these guys for Atlanta sit like Ben Bray is a guy that like, you know, we were talking about joking around, not playing him at seven X. Like if all these guys sit, I could see him going for 30 plus in this matchup against Brooklyn. Yeah. So I guess he's going to be that guy. Um, give me your, let's get weird GPP play of the day. So this one, I might have some stones thrown through my window for saying this, but I'm going to go with Bruno Caboclo. Uh, I, I really assume people are going to just be completely upset with him and not want to play him. And, you know, Triple J has been a guy who, he, as as Dean Shavelson likes to say, he's handsy. So, you know, I'm going to go with uh, Caboclo in, in hopes that Triple J gets in foul trouble. All right. I'm going to go Ingles. I talked about it in depth while we were talking about him. Um, really like the fact that he's going to have the ball in his hands um, with Mike Conley out. Really hope he doesn't start. I don't want him to start. I want him to be the ball handler of the second unit. Yeah. I wouldn't mind him finishing the game, but I want him to be the ball unit or ball handler of the second unit. So um, give me your DFS contest of the day, game selection question. What what contest is standing out to you today? Yeah, so you mentioned this in the intro and in the uh, fantasy draft promo uh, section, but the, uh, the $15,000 pick and roll over on fantasy draft, I think that's a really good one. $25 entry fee. Only 600 people in it, and the max entry is only 18. So the only thing that could make this contest a little bit better, in my opinion, would be either make it single entry or, or three max. Um, but the payout structure is really even across the board. 2K to first, uh, 1340 to second, and so on. So it's very narrow. Um, so, yeah, I like that one a pretty good amount. All right, going low stakes for you guys today. Um, the 25K high five over there on DraftKings, $5 buy-in. First place only getting 8%. Top 10 only 27.8%. Pays 24.4% of the field. 
Um, you know, you're going to turn, somebody's going to turn five bucks into two grand with this tournament. Like there's really good payouts. If you have a good lineup, you're going to have a good day here. Um, you know, three extra money with a top 250 finish. So if you're building a bankroll, you're learning how to, you know, strategize a single entry tournament, make sure you're checking out the high five over there on DK. Uh, give me your favorite over under on this one. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if there is an over/under on this game yet with the uh, the Lakers and Utah game, but I'm going to take the over on it, assuming that it's going to be pretty low. Um, I'm not sure if you have a number for uh, the site that I'm looking at doesn't have one yet, but I'm going to go with the over. Okay, two ten. Yeah, I'll take the over on two ten. I think that game is going to go pretty overlooked from a fantasy perspective, and I think that total is just a little bit too low. Um, so I'm hoping this game kind of shoots out here and, and makes it good for a fantasy environment. So is it funny that I was going to take the under in that game? <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> My fingers um, are switch. crossed with LeBron and Mitchell, though, I guess. So I'm just kind of hoping for it. No, that's fine. I like it. Um, I'm going to take the under in the Thunder game. Uh, Thunder and Pacers, it's sitting at 212 right now. I, I just I don't like this game. Like, it's just a game that stands out to me as a game that I really don't like. So I'm going to take the under in that one and hope that it goes under. Uh, Kyle, appreciate you filling in here for Grant and um, coming back to back days. Any final thoughts before we get out of here? No, it's been good. You know, be back two nights in a row. So hopefully we can have a, a big night here and uh, have a good day for fantasy. Good luck to everybody. All right. That's going to wrap it up here for Wednesday. We'll be back talking some more basketball and, or football, 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 week 14 football podcast for tomorrow on Thursday. Hope everyone has an awesome night. Hope everyone crushes. We'll see you guys again tomorrow.